Hello? You are welcome to Living Saints. We are quite glad for this time to share in the living word of the Lord with you over this radio program. May divine counsels establish you in His presence. This edition of Living Seed brings you the messages on the Christian world. We desire to discover the scriptural responsibility of the husband in the home. May all husbands fulfill their roles and give sanity to their homes. These study outlines and cases of the messages on the home are obtainable by arrangement with us here. You can share with us your counseling needs. They shall be treated very confidentially. Our discipleship by, cor- by corresponding program is still on. You will feel free to request for the enrollment form. Our address is Living Seed, P.O. Box 971 Boko, Benue State, Nigeria. Living Seed, P.O. Box 971 Boko, Benue State, Nigeria. Again, let me invite you to bow your, hand, your, your head in prayer as I invite our Bible teacher on this program to lead us on this discussion. Shall we pray together? Almighty God, we thank you yet for another opportunity to learn at your feet. Thank you for new every morning. It's your love to us. Your mercies are ever new and they endure forever. Lord, today we want to cry to you that you will teach us from the birth of your heart those principles that will turn our own around for good and for your glory. Thank you for all these several weeks that you have led us to discuss on the matter of the Christian family. We are asking that it will have a cumulative eternal effect upon your church in this country and beyond in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. We are trusting that as we go on today again, you will alert several hearts and you will bring them to yourself in complete submission. Thank you for our prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to praise the Lord for where He led us in our series of studies on the Christian world. We were dealing with the roles and responsibilities of the husband towards the wife and towards his family. So I want us to take note again. In uh, we are going to start again reading from Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-three to thirty-three. We started studying it, but we couldn't go too far. I intend that God will help us today to run through that aspect by the grace of God. Let's look at chapter 5 of Ephesians from verse 23 up to verse 33. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives and their own bodies. 
He that loveth his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet ate his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, when I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's stop there. May the Lord grant you understanding as we progress today, looking at our roles and responsibilities to our wives as husbands in the name of Jesus Christ. One point that God began to show us, which I'd like to draw your attention to, uh, again, was the fact that the husband is the head of the wife. And we were looking at what is the role of the head in the human body? What is the function? That was what preoccupied our study last week. But today I want us to take note of some few things that uh, makes our role as a husband to become very, very serious, especially when you consider the way the Word of God has presented it in this case. Now, I want you to note something. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as, please take note of that in verse 23, even as Christ is the head of the church, even as, then I want you to look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I want you to look at verse 28 and 29. So ought men to love their wives and their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. For no man ever yet ate his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Now, so you will see something there, that the a standard of measurement, as far as the role of the husband is, may I say very, very, very soberly unto you today, that the standard, the measure of our role as husband is no one less than the Lord Jesus Christ. As a husband, there is only one man that God has introduced to us in terms of being a husband, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you will see the conjunction or the comparative, uh, yes, the comparative tense in the scriptures we have read, even as Christ. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the savior of the body. Now, which means, in order for you to have a clear understanding of what your role should be as a husband towards your wife, we will need to study Jesus Christ a bit. We will need to see Jesus performing the function of the head of the church. We will need to see Jesus performing the function of the bridegroom over the body of Christ, over the church. We are going to see Jesus Christ performing the function as a savior of the body. And from there, we can draw our analogy. We can now measure your own performance as against God's own standard that He has set before us. 
But let me say this before I go ahead to consider Christ as our standard measurement of our role. Jesus is our role model. And if you are your husband and you are not measuring your life as per the way Jesus Christ will be a husband over the church, then you are not yet doing well. I am not asking you to compare yourself with other men around. There are times when uh, husbands meet in the pepper soup uh, shop. They keep comparing themselves, say, well, I, I'm even trying. So if you are able to buy one wrapper for your own wife, you know, I say, I didn't buy anything for two years. My wife is such a storm and I'm disciplining her. And you feel that, yes, you are really doing well. But I want to say to you that in the presence of God, our only standard of measurement is the Lord Jesus Christ. So it looks to me as if God will want to demonstrate what Christ will have done you know, to your wife, through you as a husband. So let me quickly go ahead today and consider Jesus Christ as our role model as far as husbands' uh, relationship and roles and responsibilities to their wives is concerned. Now let's look at Jesus now. The Bible said, uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now, if we look at Jesus Christ as the head of the church, we realize that, number one, he is the head as our high priest. Now, let's see Jesus as the high priest very quickly. Hebrews chapter 2. Please, we have several scriptures to read today. If you have your Bible, take it around and read. Hebrews chapter 2, I read verse 17 with you. Wherefore, in all things, he behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted likewise. In chapter 4, the Bible says concerning same Jesus, verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was no point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help even in time of need. Look at chapter 5, verse 2. For every high priest, taking from among men is ordained for men, in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices to, I mean, for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now let me draw your attention to Jesus as our high priest and then how you can fulfill this role for your wife in your home as we look at the scripture. Number one, we saw Jesus acting as our high priest. And as a high priest, one of the conditions is that he must be a merciful and faithful high priest in things that pertain to God. Now what does that mean? In order for Jesus to be a merciful and faithful high priest, he had, it was necessary for him to be made like unto his brethren so that he might be merciful, so that he may know how things feel, so that he may have compassion and he may be able to help those that are being tempted through suffering. Now what are we saying here? For Jesus Christ to be able to identify with us in mercy, 
he had to pass through what we are passing through. Now, for most of us as husbands, you will never, never be merciful to your, to your wife. You will never, never recognize her aspirations and the problems she goes through until you are willing to soil your hand and try to go through the same as she with her. Then you will understand what it means. Several men, when you leave home in the morning, you really don't understand how children trouble your wife. You really don't know the, the, the anxiety that comes in the heart of a woman when there is no food yet in the house and the children are crying here and there. I wish you would suspend what you have done, I mean what you are doing, and just stay home for two days and see what it takes and how a woman feels. What are the difficulties? Many times you come home late and you sleep. You just fall down on your bed and you have slept. But here is your wife. She has no slept since morning. And yet as soon as the baby cries in the middle of the night, she is woken up. She can't say, look, I'm tired. Go and sleep. No way. She will stand up there, putting her breast in the mouth of the baby. Just to see. And yet very early in the morning, you are the first person to wake her up and say, where is my breakfast? My friend, I hope if you will be a, a, a merciful husband, a merciful husband, a high priest, I mean a priest over your wife, the first thing will be for you to do the kind of thing that Jesus did. He partook of what we were going through. He was made to be like us in every respect. He himself had been tempted in every point where we were tempted so that he knows how to help us. Many of you, because you are distanced, you distance yourself from what happens at home, what happens in the kitchen, what happens at childbirth, what happens at a pregnancy, and all of this. You never have compassion. You never feel the way the woman feels. And yet you cannot fulfill this role as a high priest, except you are willing to soil your hand and identify with your wife in the things she goes through. I know it's not possible for me to suggest to you that you should carry the pregnancy for your wife. But I know there are several other things that your wife goes through in life. There are several other embarrassments that faces a woman simply because she's a woman. Things that you normally will overlook, she cannot overlook it. She is made by God to be so meticulous, to care for little, little things. Things that you regard as insignificant, they are the things that matter to her. And they are the things that keep your life together, actually, and put shape and their spices into your life. And when it is not there, you are all together disorganized. Now, we saw Jesus identifying with our need. Can I ask you, how much have you identified with the need, with the problems, with the aspiration, with the peculiar situations that your wife is going through, or husband? Now, as a high priest, we also saw that because he had been, he, you know, he has passed into the heavens to stand before God for us. Because he is not a man that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, so we can boldly come unto the throne of grace. We are sure we will receive help. Let me ask you: Are you so patient that your wife can approach you? Are you approachable? We saw that Jesus had gone into the presence of God on our behalf. Have you ever gone into the presence of God for your wife in intercession, in prayer, in supplication? Have you? before God and prayed and interceded for your wife that God might help her that she might receive grace and find mercy to bring grace to her life 
to bring us help in time of need, my brother. I want to ask you right now. There are so many things that your wife requires to do. Do you know that even to submit to a man like yourself, a man that is erratic like yourself, a woman needed grace? Do you realize that you just stand up and say it will be done like this and for a woman to adapt and change all her program, change all that she was thinking and planning and arranging for the past two, three, four weeks? Do you know that it needed grace? And yet I see you mercilessly, without grace, stamping your feet on the ground and say what I said must be done. If it is not done, you are not staying in this house. You must decide whether I'm your husband or I'm just a, I'm just a man around. And you see, you are so merciless. No grace is in your voice. What you are saying does not minister grace to your wife. No single word of encouragement. When you come back and your food is not ready, see how you decided and okay, you are not eating again. The food just only about 15 minutes to be, to be finished. You got annoyed. You went out. You went and bought pepper soup. The money you will use on a single meal outside in an hotel is much more than what your wife will have used to set the table and to provide for the whole of your family in one week. Yet you will do that. You will do that. You are merciless. Your wife is kept at home almost indoors. She can't come out. And yet you see yourself strolling around. Strolling around hand in hand with strange girls. You are a merciless man. I want to call you to repent. Now if you are going to be a high priest just like Jesus, you must be ready, you must be accessible. That they can cry to you, they know they will find grace. They can fall on you, they know they will receive mercy. They can come to you, they know that you will help them in time of their need. Are you such a priest unto your wife? Are you such a priest unto your wife? Are you merciful? Are you compassionate? The Bible says he can have compassion on the ignorant. Many, many times your wife is simply ignorant of what to do. But you are, you are not patient enough to have compassion. All you just see yourself doing is you just shout and say you don't understand that limit. Many times you are jammed the door of your car and you drove away. You left your wife. There are husbands that their wife is coming to church. And you claim to be so much in haste. And I don't know which haste. Because as you came out, you met another friend of yours. And you will stand there talking for another 30 minutes before you come to church. And yet you are so much in haste, you couldn't carry your wife. And you are saying, look, you better trek and follow me up. And yet it was your food. It was your clothes. It was your children. It was the thing that you left her with that said to that she couldn't sleep one time. She woke up, responsibility is too much. To get a house girl to help her, you say you cannot afford it. How merciless are you? What kind of priest are you to your family? How much prayer, how much sacrifice do you make unto God on their behalf? How much of your sleep do you give up in order to intercede and stand for them and cover them in time of trouble? Now look at Job. Job, as a priest over his house, he offers sacrifices for his wife, for his children. Even when they have not committed any known sin that he knows, he said, maybe they have done something presumptuously. He will still offer a sacrifice to God on their behalf. Do you do that as a regular routine? Every day, every night on behalf of your children? Do you pray? Do you cover them in the blood of Jesus? Do you cover them with the word of God? 
Do you stand before God and say, Lord, I cover these children. I cover these children. I know they are sleepy. They don't know their left from their right. But Lord, I stand on their behalf. Lord, help me concerning them. Do you do that on a daily basis for your children and especially for your wife? If Jesus is a high priest as the head of the church, and the Bible says you also you as an head over your wife, just like Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, how are you performing that role as a priest? Now, Jesus was shown to us as the Savior of the body. And I told you before that, you see, when Jesus decided to be our Savior, He came down. He came down to seek that which was lost and to save them. Now, He didn't come to condemn the world. John 3, 16 says, For God didn't send His Son to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. He came to save. He came to seek that which was lost. How much do you look to protect, to provide for your wife? I want to look at two or three cases in the scripture where Jesus acted as a savior unto his disciples. Let's look at Mark, I mean Matthew chapter 8 very quickly. Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, I want you to see verse 23 to 26. Matthew 8, 23 to 26. When he was entering into a sheep, the disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, in so much that the sheep was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying, Lord save us, we perish. And he said to them, Why are you fearful? Oh you need to all you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now let me ask you, are you doing such a thing for your wife? When storms of life come, do you do, do they find you available to wake you up and say, Daddy, you are sleepy, we are in trouble, and you stand up, you knew what to do immediately, you rebuke the, the storm, all the troubles that are looming ahead, you know what to do, you say, Go and rest. Peace be still, and there was calm. If anybody has such a husband who will wake up in times of storm, do you think your wife will run around? Do you think your wife will not submit to you? When you say, Go and sit down, I know what I will do. Women only jump out to disobey when they feel that you don't know what you are doing and that you are not committed enough to their welfare. You see, what kind of savior of the body are you? If you look again at Matthew 17, 17 verse 24, I think you should quickly rush and check that before I leave it. Matthew 17 and verse 24. And they came... And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does not your master pay tribute? And he said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom of tribute of their own children or of strangers? Peter said to him, Of strangers. Jesus said to him, Then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. Go down to the sea. Go down to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and for you. You can imagine that. Jesus as a savior over embarrassment. Task collectors are coming to embarrass the disciples. And Jesus said, okay, so that we don't offend them. So that they don't drag us up and down. You go and do this and collect, you get enough money. Go and pay for me and for yourself. Excuse me, what are you doing about your family as a savior? Savior from social embarrassment. 
how many times, listen, does Nepa had come to break, I mean, to cut light over your family? And because you travel for two weeks, three weeks, your children are in darkness because you will not simply take money to go and pay Nepa bills. You are an irresponsible man. If it was Jesus, he will first of all settle for himself and for them to keep them comfortable. How many of you do you notice that tax collectors will come and they will keep harassing your family? Harassing your family. They say, Where is the man? You have already escaped. You have run away. They will now take your wife. Some husbands, they keep their wives right behind bars to get their husband to come back. Now I want to ask you, you are an irresponsible man. If you are a savior towards your wife, you are going to stand there. You are going to provide. You are going to save them. You are going to protect them from social embarrassment. You are going to provide for their basic needs. Sometimes there is no water in your house because you didn't pay your water rate. And you see your wife, she has to carry this jerrycan of water over about three or four kilometers. As if she's the only woman that is married in town. She throws all her small, small children with small, small kids. Where are you, Mr. Man? Where are you? And I see you, you are wearing big, 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 big babaniga and wearing big, big, big tall calves. An irresponsible man. Let me tell you, marriage is a responsibility. It's a commitment. It's not a matter of dressing big. Some of you that dress big, you don't have a home. You don't have a home. You seem to be living for the public eye. You seem to be dressing for people to know that you are something. Some of you are running into politics when you couldn't take care of your family. Some of you are rushing to be a leader in the church when you cannot provide for your family. Do you know what the Bible says? It says, whosoever that does not provide for his own household is worse than an infidel. Are you a pastor? You never will take care of your children. You keep praying as if you are in the spirit. I tell you today, you are worse than an infidel. Are you a prophet as you call yourself? Your children are there, trekking up and down. They are being abused here and there because you just decided not to care. You decided not to care. Your children are almost beggars on the street right now. I want to say to you, you are an infidel. You are worse than an infidel. If there is something worse than an infidel, there you are. As we bow before God today, I want to show you that Jesus is our role model. As Jesus is so concerned about the spiritual needs of people, he was concerned about their physical needs. If you go, when you get back, you can look at Mark chapter 13, I mean chapter 14, you see what Jesus did again concerning being a savior, I like to read that before I stop here. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 7. Please follow me quickly. The Bible says, I'm being in Bethany. Yes, of Simon the leper. As he sat at me, there come a woman having an ambassador box of ointment or spikenard. And then there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this haste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, Let her alone. Let her alone. A savior is a defender. Do you defend your wife? When your family, your junior brothers, your uncles, when they are beginning to accuse your wife, that this woman who is wasting our, our son's uh, food, our son's property, since she came, our son never bought, bought us any dress. What do you say? You kept quiet. You let your wife to the mercies of your people. No, if you are a savior, you will defend her. You will stand and say, leave her alone. She is acting under me. 
You can be criticizing my wife while I'm still alive. Leave her alone. Do you put, I mean, do you defend your wife? Do you speak? Do you go in front of your family to defend your wife so that your wife doesn't need to say a word? I want to ask you today. Are you indeed a savior as Jesus Christ was to his church? Because our time is gone, I'd like to stop here. By the grace of God, as we come back again, to conclude this issue on the role of the husband, towards the world you can see what I'm saying, that being a husband is not a joke. He's not just looking for sex. Not just looking for a woman you can use any time. No! To be a husband is to be a committed, responsible leader. A responsible high priest. A responsible savior. A responsible defender. A responsible provider. Bow your head right now. You can see what I'm saying. No man around is a standard you could check. I want you to look at Jesus. No matter what you have done, check if Jesus had not done such a thing. Now, measure your life. How are you in this matter of being a husband? May God help you as you pray today. Don't hide this matter. For God is looking for a way to help your life. Let us pray. We are standing on behalf of the husbands that are before you asking for help. Grant them grace, O Lord, to be the Savior of their homes. In Jesus' name, Amen. Write us through Living Seed, P.O. Box 971, Book of Benway State, Nigeria.